Welcome to Breakpoint Podcast, a show that dedicates itself to the best racket sport in the world. For the most extensive tennis podcast, let's join Ryan Tennyson, Josh Campbell, Joel Fritchie, and your host, Val Febo. 2017 is at a close and Breakpoint is back to review the year in tennis. It's been exciting, unexpected, somewhat inconsistent, but let's face it, it's been brilliant. So sit back and enjoy as we dissect what happened in 2017. I'm Val Febo on Breakpoint Podcast. We've got plenty to get through today. Ryan, Josh and Joel all in the house and we're going to talk about what happened this year. What's happened since we've been gone? We're back after a couple of months off the radar, but we're back bigger and better than ever. We've got some tennis news to talk about. The year-end rankings, uh, who, who did well, who did poorly, you'll find out all on the show today. But before we do any of that, we've got to get to the three people who make this show what is. It is. And first off, we've got Josh, the Captain Campbell. Josh, how are you going? Not too bad. You missed out most of my nicknames, but you Yeah, I couldn't one. be bothered going through them all. Um, there's that many of them, but uh, you must be a very happy man with your mate Jack Sock getting all the way through to the year-end finals and making the semi-finals of the tournament as well. I am. He's had a fantastic year. Firstly, I've got to say, it's great that the awesome foursome is finally back yes, together. Yes, I know. It's been a few months, but it's great to see you guys again. Yeah. Emotions certainly flowing, Jack Sock has sure. had a fantastic year. So has Grigor Dimitrov. They've both had massive years as well, and obviously can't forget Alexander. Zverev, the, mm. the guy I mentioned way back in 2015, and he's continued to shine. Never uh, going to live that down, are we? We'll also have to mention, um, <laughs> as much as it's been a coming of age for a few players, it's also been a, a revitalization of 2005 with both <laughs> Rafa and Roger playing unbelievable tennis this year. Oh, it certainly has. It's been brilliant. We'll definitely get into more of that after. But before we do, Joel Frucci is also in the house. Joel, how are you going? Good, mate. How are you, boys? Yeah, yeah we're very well. good. We're all, we're all good. Happy to be here. And uh, mate, your mate, Del Potro, just... Couldn't get himself yeah. into, the, into the World Tour Finals. Yeah, group. he was so close. Buddy John is now. <laughs> he's ruined. He's, you, Johnny. he's ruined a lot of things, hasn't he, Johnny? He was so close. So yeah, close. Very, very close. But Joel, thank you for being on board. And Ryan, the prophet, he's back. Absolutely. Bigger than ever, mate. Uh, happy to be rolling through once again with you boys. And uh, tell you what, a fair bit's happened since we've uh, jumped off the air. So I think there's a fair bit to get through. Yeah, well, there definitely is. And just a, a quick since you've been gone, and we, we should play the uh, Kelly Clarkson song here uh, just just <laughs> for this point because it's been a few months and we've, we've actually missed a bit. But uh, Sloane Stevens, Rafael Nadal winning the US Open, Rafael Nadal, Gabinia Muguruza, and Simona Halep all uh, all got to the world number one spot. Roger Federer continued to be a boss on tour. He was just unbelievable. Unbelievable this season. Didn't lose to Nadal at all. The first, I think, first time ever he's won uh, five in a row against Rafa and seven consecutive sets against Nadal. Uh, Sok and Dimitrov both coming of age. Alexander Zverev surges onto the tour, surge onto the tour into the top ten. USA winning the Fed Cup. France winning the Davis Cup. Ash Barty, she proved me right. I said top twenty. She got there. She got there. I said top fifty, but then I think we upped the stakes, didn't we? A few months, a few months ago, and uh, you, you guys were just egging me on. So I thought, you know what? Let's <laughs> let's let's go for something higher. And she actually proved me right. So brilliant, Caroline Wozniacki. You said she'd win a slam, Joel. She got the next best. Thing. She didn't win a slam, but this is one of the by far the biggest title of her career. Hyun Chung won the next gen finals, and Damir Jumhur. Won a title. How is he in the top thirty? Seriously, he's played some good tennis. <laughs> he's played some very good tennis to end the year, but uh, brilliant stuff from him. And also, just to throw in there, the Richmond in different sport, they are the AFL premiers. So uh, that's yep. also everyone cares about on. that. Yeah. Oh yes, everyone does care about that. But uh, so we've got plenty to get through on this show today. Up next, we'll be doing the news. We'll talk a bit more about the rankings after who slid, who rose this season, and also we've got the all important trivia, which we haven't done in a few months, but it's all up for grabs today. The title. 
is on the line. So who's the, I think uh, Josh is the def- two time. If, if you're a betting man, you defending. put your money on me. Yeah, two time defending champ. So we've got a lot of a uh, lot of things to get through today. So stick around. Plenty more to come on Breakpoint. You're listening to Breakpoint Podcast. Remember to tune in every week on Wooshka as we update you with the best tennis news in the world. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Breakpoint Pod, Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast, and Facebook Breakpoint or at Breakpoint One. Keep listening as we discuss the rest of the tennis news. You're listening to Breakpoint Podcast. Val Febo, Ryan Tennyson, Joel Frucci, and Josh Campbell here with you as we just uh, elaborated. The four awesome foursome are back together. But there's a bit of news that's been going around over the past week. And probably the main little bit there is uh, Novak Djokovic. He's uh, He's got a new member of his coaching team. And Ryan Tennyson's all over that. Absolutely. Um, uh, he's just recently retired, this player. But what, what do you think of the addition of Radek Stepanek to Novak Djokovic's coaching team along with uh, Andre Agassi? Look, I've got to be honest with you, mate. I do question the move. Um, I, I'm not entirely certain that Stepanik is the, the right man for the job. Um, mm. I don't think he has quite the authority that a Boris Becker has, and I think that's the sort of thing you need. You need that because, realistically, no one's going to tell Novak how to play tennis. No one's going to be able yep. to improve that side of things. It's all, at this top level, it's all the mental game, You know how to get through, push past that five-set barrier, how to topple mentally players like Federer and Nadal. And I just don't think Stepanik's type of coach or the player that was that's going to be able to achieve that. I think the the good thing is I think the type of player that Stepanek is, he's a very crafty player and very intelligent on court. So I think that's what he can bring to the to the Novak camp. And I know you said you can't teach him how to play tennis. You're exactly right. But look, I think he can bring things in like Edberg did with Federer and like what Becker did with Novak, how they can bring that the different aspects of the game, Joel, to what uh, to what is already a pretty complete package. But the net game, I think, in particular mm. of Stepanek and the placement of the serve, I think can be can be utilised for Djokovic. And that, that could bring his game a little bit uh, or forward a little bit quicker than, than what it may have if he didn't bring him in. Yeah, well, I'll look at it in a bit of a glass half full kind of way, boys. Um, I mean, upon seeing it for the first time, I, I was just really completely surprised at odds with this. Um but I'm going to kind of upgrade my thinking, if I can put it that way. I'm going to call it a gamble rather than just being completely opposed to it. I mean, let's let's face it. I don't think there's any other way we can put it, um, given Radek Stepanek is is just into retirement. He's he's just retired, just finished his career as a, as a player. Isn't really hasn't proven himself at all as a coach, and all of a sudden he's jumping into one of the biggest players on the planet. So mm-hmm. for me, it's just a a really strange one. But I mean, if Novak Djokovic can get this right, as he has done with a lot of um, a lot of other stuff in his his routine um, and a lot of the other stuff that surrounds him. I mean, he's going to look like a genius, isn't he, Josh? You'd think so. Yeah, there's, there's a sense of like immediacy with the signing though because it's not like Novak Djokovic is he's looking for a coach to prepare him to win a couple of years. He needs to be winning Grand Slams now. So you're going to hope that um that the training that he's to be getting with Stepanek because Stepanek's going to be with him on day-to-day type things, whereas Agassi will just be there for the yeah. major tournaments and things like that. You, you've got to hope that the changes start to happen now. Because you want him in preparation for the 20, 2018 season to be winning straight away. Yeah, well, they're good friends. So I think they've already started working together, which is the mm. bonus for Novak. And I think him heading, I think his first tournament will be the Mubadala Challenge in Abu Dhabi. So yeah, he'll get correct. back there and then go defend his title in Doha. So that, that, that's another bit of a concern for me, though um, the fact that they are friends. Um, normally, yeah, when I think of a yeah. player and a coach, they're not supposed to be friends, are they? Well, <laughs> Uncle Tony and Rafa seem to work yeah, pretty well. But they're not yeah, friends. They're yeah, relatives, that's, though. Yeah, so that's, I mean, yeah. obviously. Exa- yeah. It's it's a different dynamic, friends. I think. But, uh, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting question that you pose. Like, I, 
I personally don't. I, I agree with you, Ryan. I don't. I don't think it's going to be the best pairing, and no. I think with with the difference in nature of the two of them, or, or possibly even similarities, you know, you, you don't know what he's exactly going to bring. And look, Agassi's not going to be there full time, so someone has to carry carry the load a little bit more, sort of like what happened with Carlos Moyer and Uncle Tony and even Boris Becker um, wasn't at all of Novak's tournaments. Uh, it was at the main ones or most of them, but and even with Ivan Lendl, sometimes mm. just travelled to a select few. So it, it, it's definitely, it's it's an interesting one. I, I think it, it's got the capabilities and Joel, you're right, it's a gamble. Well, Could that, go. That, yeah. that, just to sort of further that point as well, it almost smacks of desperation as well. Because yeah. it sort of got to the point where yeah. you haven't got sort of a a long tenured, you know, well recognized coach. You've got a virtually a player that's just retired is still sort of finding their feet, you know, in the coaching world. I don't think that with that sort of background, I don't think that's the right fit. But as Joel said, you know, he, Novak normally hits when he uh, goes for these sorts of changes. So we'll see if it works. My yeah. biggest fear is that he becomes complacent. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't think he will because he's got a lot of work to do. So I don't think Novak will become complacent. But whether he gets back to the level, and we'll discuss this after, whether he gets back to the level that he once was, a lot of people are saying he won't. Um, so that's something we can, we can definitely discuss after when we look at the year and what to look forward to in 2018. But another bit of news that just came up during the week, Svetlana Kuznetsova, I think, has ruled herself out of the Australian Open. She was on Russian radio and uh, had wrist surgery, and she was she pulled out of the Hotman Cup, but she's confirmed that the Australian Open, all but done. So uh, mm. a, a very sad news because considering yeah. she was playing some really good tennis yeah. at the start of the year. And um, Josh, I, I had a... I was a staunch, staunch supporter of her heading into the French Open. She let me down. But uh, look, she, she's a phenomenal player. And wrist injuries, as we've seen with Juan Martin Del Potro and, and players alike, they're so hard to get back oh, from. Yeah. And She's 30, I think, what, 32? So is there much coming back for Kuznetsova? Uh, well, I mean, uh, if there's one thing to take away from la- uh, last year being 2017, it's that um, you can never be too old to win a Grand Slam. Mm, that's true. So um, when three of the four Grand Slams being won by people over the age of 34, 35 in uh, Roger and Rafa, uh, I think if she can recover, I mean, obviously wrist injury is never something easy to recover from. It can mm. take years out of your career, but uh, she can, uh, she's got the, the game for it. She's got the mentality and she's got a really strong fighting spirit. So anything's possible. Well, yeah, that's the thing. And, and you know, we've seen with the resurgence of so many big guns this year, like Federer and Nadal on the women's side, Serena won one pregnant. Uh, Venus had such a good year. And we've seen, I think, a mix of younger players and older players both succeeding this season. So I think that bodes well for Kuznetsova. But Tanasi Kokonakis gets a wild card into the Australian Open, which I think is thoroughly deserved considering who he is and uh, how much or how different he is to, to Nick and Bernie. But I think, Ryan, I'll get your opinion on this. So... Tanasi, is that a tick? Now, Bernard Tomic, Bernard Tomic will have to play in the December showdown um, if he chooses to play. They haven't had any indication that he will play. He's been playing in some challenger tournaments. Um, if he doesn't win or doesn't get the wild card from the December showdown, there's, f- I think, four more after that. Yep. Does Bernie get the wild card? And are you happy with Tanasi? Um, well, I'll get Tanasi that point. I'm very happy. Yep. I think he... Uh, everything he represents with Australian tennis, I think you need to support him as much as you can. Uh, clearly displays the talent to be able to play at a high level. As as we all know, injuries have derailed that, but I think he's doing everything possible to put himself in a position where he'll be able to keep going and growing. So I think that's a great decision to give him the card. 
Um, I think if Bernie chooses to, or even if he chooses not to go for the December showdown and doesn't get the cut, he will eventually grab one of those wild cards. I you think, think so? Yeah, I think they'll, they'll cave in. Just to the fact that he's, you know, he's such a draw card, uh, and his name alone will put bums on seats yep. in, in the stands, or at least get people talking, you yep. know, a, about it. Um, I think it'd be pretty remiss to to leave him out of it because um, look, personality and sideshows aside, he is a top level talent when he mm. wants to be. So I think you can't not have that in the Australian yes. Open. It's a good point that you make, but Joel, I want to get your opinion on this. There's four more discretionary wild cards to go, and you've got guys like Milman. Akira Santalan, who I think will get one because they probably want to butter him up a lot more after coming from Japan and changing his citizenship yeah. or nationality. Yep. Uh, Milman 100% gets one. If he doesn't, I'll be shocked. There's Alex Bolt. There's um, Alex Diminar. So Diminar, you'd think gets one. Yeah. Um, if he doesn't Marshall, win the you. yeah, if he doesn't win the December showdown, um, and then you've got other guys like John Patrick Smith, uh, Ben Mitchell, Luke Saville. I, I would put a lot of those guys above Bernie. But do you think just based on the draw card factor that that Bernie does get the wild card. Well, when you think names, as Ryan said, then Bernie's the one that stands out. Yeah. I mean, let's let's be honest. I, I, at the moment, I think he's a dis- disgrace to the sport. Um, yeah. I'm just gonna it's, be, a, it's a sad story. I'm just going to put it out there. Like, really, I mean, yeah. from what we've seen of him, his, his actions have been nothing short of disgraceful. Yeah, oh, um, agreed. And, I mean, for me, he's not really showing uh, enough enough passion to, to warrant that wild mm-hmm. card. But at the end of the day, it's not really what it's about, is it? Exactly. No, it's about so, it's about as you said, Ryan, the quality that he can show, mm. and the fact that he is a draw card in Australia. Um, as as crazy as that might be, often um, sometimes I certainly think so. Um, the fact is that he he can pull a crowd when he wants. Yeah, yeah. And so, Josh, do you think he should get a wild card? Uh, well, I would like to see him go through qualifying. Yeah, I think that's what he's going to have to do. I, I, I reckon that'd be like fantastic for um. Uh, Australian fans and people who love the sport to see Bernie have to go through that qualifying stage to prove that he deserves to be in the Australian Open mm. instead of getting in from the cachet of his name alone. Look, I, I don't even think he'll get that. He won't get a discretionary wild card. That's that's my opinion. I, I don't think he will. The way I see it, because yeah. if he goes into qualifying, I could very much see with his lack of effort, him not qualifying and proving to everyone that he doesn't deserve to be in the Australian Open. Because mm. well, with everything he's done over the last year, I think that's what he needs to do yeah. if he wants to make the Australian Open to prove he deserves to be there. Yeah, because I think I, I think they're holding out. I don't think they want to give him one. And look, at this stage, they they probably shouldn't with the way he's been acting. It's a, it's a very sad story because yeah. he just doesn't he doesn't want to be a tennis player anymore. It doesn't seem no. so. It, it's really disappointing. But look, Bernie, I think there's no indication that he will play the December showdown. Um, if he does play and loses, he'll have to go through qualifying. I don't think they'll give him a wild card with the other names that exist in that list. Um, so look, it's an interesting one, and it doesn't look like on his form, guys, that he actually will get through qualifying. Would any of you back him to get through, even though he does play okay here and made the third round this year? But do any of you back him to get through qualifying? You'd have to make a mental change. Uh, look, I mean, yeah. yes, he, he would have to. Uh, look, to be fair, and this is no knock on the rest of the Australian guys, but I mean, if Bernie plays at 70% of yeah. what he's capable of, he will breeze through qualifying. He'd win in straight sets every Yeah, but that being said, what Bernie rocks up, I mean, yeah. he could throw yeah. his racket into the stands in the first round. And, and hit get, someone, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bernie <laughs> doesn't done. really strike me as a as a qualifying type player. No, no, he, he doesn't. And he's been playing challenges. He's... Got some beltings. He played okay, but he's you know losing to Jersey Janovic in straight sets, which you'd think Bernie should at least get a set off the the big pole. But 
who knows? It's it's an interesting watch this space heading into 2018. But Sam Groth, unfortunately, his career's over. I think just getting a bit tired of the travel and the grueling side of the tour. He's bought a place in Melbourne, uh, is engaged now to be married. Um, Sam Groth seems to be moving on with life and just wasn't making enough on the tour anymore. And look, he set himself up well. It's it's a shame yeah. to see him go, isn't it? Because we, I think all four of us did love Grothy on this show and the, the what he represented and the way he loved playing for Australia, didn't we? Yeah, well, it's a shame that he's retired, but I think it's a fantastic story for him the the place he was at a couple of years ago where mm. he wasn't able to move whatsoever and then he had about two years of fantastic tennis yeah. and really set himself up well for his life so I, I as much as we see it as a sad story of him retiring now i reckon it's a fantastic story yep so australian open and actually australian open will be his last tournament so he he might get the wild card yeah one of the wild cards the so wild so card. that yeah. probably that probably singles out Bernie and you know a lot of players are going to miss out which is really disappointing but uh, another couple of quick stories Serena Williams reportedly be being paid $36,000 a week to be on her honeymoon <laughs> I think thanks to promotions on Instagram and yeah. Facebook um, booking.com and the place that they're staying it's just absolutely ridiculous and her husband of course one of the co-founders of Reddit he'd be uh, promoting things as well so just making money which then, is just it's ridiculous they're not cutting out coupons at home oh no they're definitely <laughs> not they are not and Feliciano Lopez or Ryan Lopez there we go uh, will be the Madrid tournament director in 2019 so that's probably going to mean his retirement next year which is uh, for the ladies out there they they like him a lot so uh um they're gonna have to find someone else or uh to follow at the tennis maybe josh campbell might uh, <laughs> might, might get out there now we are clutching at yeah stores. But, yeah, yeah very now <laughs> we, we definitely are but uh, we've got still got plenty more to get through up next we've got the all-important rankings who finished the year in the top 10 who were the best aussies and who were our risers and sliders of 2017 You're listening to Breakpoint Podcast. Remember to tune in every week on Wooshka as we update you with the best tennis news in the world. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Breakpoint Pod, Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast, and Facebook, Breakpoint, or at Breakpoint One. Keep listening as we discuss the rest of the tennis news. You're listening to Breakpoint, and we have got an all-important segment now. It is the rankings, the year-end rankings. We we love this segment every week and doing the rises and sliders, it gives us great pleasure to to give praise to people but to also put people down when they're playing badly. We, we love putting people down um, probably a bit too much, don't we? I think we're a little bit harsh and we look back to the first year-end review show when uh, Tommy Robredo was injured for more than half the season and Josh just went at him. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I do remember we'll, that. We'll never forget that. Um, that, was, that was one of the harshest things I've ever heard in my life but uh, we'll start off with the ATP review and let's go for the all-important top 10 Joel yeah so I mean how, how's this for starters um, Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer 1-2 ATP top thought? 10 who would have thought that uh, just just brilliant um, close behind them is Grigor Dimitrov well, he's not really close well, well in, well, in a number sense yeah. in, in a number <laughs> yeah. sense no but in ranking sense yes yeah. and I mean who would have thought that as well um, oh what a finish to the year uh, after yeah. the start he had and then he yeah, just drifted superb. off a little bit but yeah fantastic finish yeah brilliant and then close behind him or probably not close again Alex Verov in four Dominic Team fifth Martin Cilic sixth David Goffin seventh Jack Sock Josh's boy in eighth Stan Wawrinka nine and Carreño Busta Pablo Carreño Busta in tenth 
Fantastic. Thank you, Joel. The Aussie top 10, Nick Kyrgios at 21. Matt Ebden finished second. He was up from 699 in January. He's finished the year at 76. Jordan Thompson, disappointing into the year at 94. John Millman, 128. Uh, Bernard Tomic at 142. Akira Santaland, 145. Alex Bolt, 192. Uh, Alex Dimina, 208. Tanasi Kokonakis, 209. And in 221, John Patrick Smith rounds out the Australian top 10. But let's go to the risers of the year. And we've got some massive names in here. We'll start with you, Ryan. Who was yours? So my riser of the year is Alexander Zverev. Mm, uh, fair enough. The German wonder kid. Um, I just had really the real breakout year that we said that he needed to have, and he definitely delivered. Yeah. 55 and 22 on the year, five titles. Started the year at number 24, is now fourth uh, in the world, and truly going uh, places. So he's a special talent. Yeah. One thing with him, I think he just needs to improve the Grand Slam yeah. results. Third round was his yeah. best result, yeah. but in the Montreal final, destroyed Roger mm. and in the Rome final he I've not seen anyone dismantle Djokovic like that for a very long time so brilliant stuff from Zverev this season uh, Joel uh, my man Delpo Juan Martin Del Potro started the year 38th and as we already mentioned earlier in the show he was just a set away uh, from the World Tour Finals in London pipped mm. um, by John Isner in Paris so missed out I'm coming for you, John. Be careful. <laughs> watch your back, mate. Next year, Australian Open. John, watch your back because Joel will be there waiting with a pitchfork. Uh, Josh <laughs> Campbell, yours. Well, as usual, I'm always going against the curve and I'm just going to take two just because I'm selfish and I'm allowed to do that. Uh, going 18 spots from 26 to 8th over the course of the year. My boy, Jack Sock. I really couldn't yeah, I was really say, couldn't say there's no way I couldn't mention him. He's had an unbelievable year. Made the semifinals of the yeah. ATP uh, finals. And he's just... For, for someone who um I've been talked up for so long, and to have him actually kind of prove my word right, it's fantastic yeah, no, to see. No, phenomenal. But he was the Stephen Bradbury of the tour this year because oh, everyone yeah. fell over in Paris. Yeah. Nadal pulled out. Is um who Delpo lost in one... He had to win one match to make the World Tour Finals. Carreño Busta had to win one match to make the World Tour Finals. They both fell over. Um, Isna only had to get to the final to qualify for London. Sam Querrey had to get through two rounds to qualify. Songer couldn't qualify. They all slipped at the final hurdle and Sok just came and won the bloody tournament, which nobody <laughs> expected. And Filip Kranjevic met him in the final. It was just, it was a remarkable week. And look, Sok deserves all the recognition that he got because I said he would never get to the top 10 and he's proved me wrong. And look... The world is his oyster next year, so fingers crossed for him that he can play some really good tennis. And the other person I wanted to mention, who uh, along with Ernest Gilbert has been given a name of a bit of a roller coaster, mm. uh, and he's certainly not a roller coaster anymore. Grigor Dimitrov. Yep, mm. oh, phenomenal. Seventeenth in the world. You've, you've got yeah, here. So he's, he was start of the year in seventeenth yep. in the world. He's now third. Yep. He's just. Oh. It's unbelievable that he's put himself inside the top three. I mean, you've had all of the um the greats over the years so far pulled out with injuries and things like that, but to be Third only behind Roger and uh, Roger, Rafa and Roger. <laughs> Roger. I think we're just going to call them Roger now. The, yeah. the top two are just called Roger. To be Great. behind those two um, at the end of the year is a phenomenal effort. Oh, I agree 100%. So brilliant stuff from Grigor Dimitrov and finally living up to the name. Let's go for this. Uh, actually, I didn't do mine. Uh, <laughs> how the hell could we forget this man? The great Roger Federer, 16th starting the year after a bad knee, uh, up 14 spots to two. If he didn't pull out of Paris, I think he would have finished the year as world number one. Um, really disappointing. I think he'd regret that now, pulling out. But look, brilliant stuff from Federer. Had a couple of blips to Tommy Haas in Munich and um, uh, Evgeny Donskoy in Dubai. I think if he had have kept going there, he might have had a shot at number one as well. But seven titles for the first time since 2009, uh, two slams and three Masters 1000s. Need we say more up 
to second in the world. Sliders of the year, though. Ryan, uh, yours, well, we, we couldn't really think of anybody else for you, but to, yeah, to put this fitting. down. Yeah, so it, it is indeed Novak. Um, look, if you have a look at the stats, they don't tell the full story. 32-8 and eight in the year, did win a couple of titles, but obviously was world number one, now down to 12 in the world. And one thing that we need to obviously point out... He was two. Two. Murray finished year end number one. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yep. Don't don't give him too much credit. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, look, injury has derailed his year, but it was more than that. Even when he was f- fit, in quotation marks, throughout periods of the year, he was having uncharacteristic defeats. Um, and that's that's the real question mark on him now. Is that just a blip in the past or is that sort of a precedent for the future where he'll be able to win a couple of titles a year but not really challenge for the big ones? Mm. I have a yeah. question for you before we go to Joel Ryan. At some, at any point during the course of this year, what do you see as Novak's uh, ranking high? So for next year, so for twenty eighteen, where do you see him? Fin- like mm. at any stage yeah, of the year, the highest question. of his ranking, probably oh. two or three, two or three. So, so you think gonna... he can get back to top three? Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. All right. I I probably I reckon maybe seven or eight. I I really I don't. Think, Are you kidding me? I don't think he, he's not right. He's not right. And I look. I hope now he proves, he's not. But that's why he's I, not playing. No, but even when he was fit. Like last year, he wasn't right. So uh, for about three or four years, he's probably the best player in the world. No, I know. The, I mean, I, probably, of course, he was the best. He was the best, yeah, he best player in the world. I'm talking about over the, Look, the course of four years. He let's, was let's hope he can time. prove me wrong because he's a great player to have at the top. But I, from what I saw this year, I, I don't think, I don't think that he'll he'll get back up that high. Maybe in the year I, after. I could but, see him being world number one at the end of next year. Yeah, look, he could very well be. You just don't know with what's happened this year. But we'll, we'll save that for another time. But Joel, your uh, your slider of the year. Um, probably a bit harsh on the old dog, but uh, Jules Simon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel sorry for him. He's, Nothing on Robredo, but yeah, he's he's, yeah. he's had his he's had his troubles this season. But um, he's he's fallen uh, sixty four places, which is a a bit of a tumble. So he's down to eighty nine. Um, it, it's a shame. Yeah. I mean, Jules Simon is one of those players that you you could just keep watching. You I mean, love, he yeah. fights so hard. He never gives up. He's just he's great to watch, and uh, it's it's probably a shame that um that kind of style was probably taking its toll on him. Yeah, it is a bit upsetting. But uh, look, let's hope he can get back next year. Josh, your slider of the year. Uh, well, he started the year at 10th and he's finished at 19th. So not a massive drop, but um, I think his form in particular has dropped quite a bit. And you would have expected that with all the uh, people out with injuries that he could have stepped up a could little bit. Cashed in, yeah. It was Thomas Burditch. Uh, he's th- done the opposite of cashed in. He's regressed. And uh, I think he's lost to Roger about a thousand times this year, which is a bit unfortunate. But um, yeah, you really would have expected more from him with er- all the key players out. Yeah, it was disappointing. Semi-finals at Wimbledon, but yeah, you, as you said, he had nothing else. So d- disappointing. Mm. But look, I, I think Burdich is pretty much cooked now. I, I think he might win a couple more titles here and there. But uh, guys, do we do we see him having a renaissance next year and getting into the top no, 10? No, not at all. No, nah, a resounding no there. Uh, so mine was David Ferrer. Unfortunately, uh, look, I, I love this bloke, and I think most people on the tour do. Down from 21 to 37, so down 16 spots. Only won the one title and uh, was 24 and 20. On tour, so nearly lost more than he won, which is disappointing for a guy that's won 713 matches. I think he's won now, so unfortunate to see. But I think, look, he's 35 years old. For his style, I don't think he's going to get much more out of his body. I wouldn't be surprised if next year was his last, and he goes out with with a little bit of dignity left. Um, the WTA, though, so th- th- some really interesting stories here. It's some great ranking moves. Uh, the year end top 10, not many of them. 
uh, from last year. A lot of them are very different. So uh, we'll start with the, uh, the the top 10. And Josh, that's your domain. So you go for it. Uh, well, the, finishing the year at world number one, Simona Howlett. But I don't think anyone would have picked that at the start of this year. At uh, number two, Gage Muguruza. Gargay. <laughs> I'm having a difficult one. Uh, Gabi Muguruza, who we also know would have mentioned it. Joel has lost it. Uh, Sorry, Josh. I'll continue. give you guys a minute. That's all right. All right. We're back I'm to laughing it. more at jo- Joel than, than what Josh said. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, continue. Dear. At number three, Caroline Wozniacki, who, apart from everyone except Joel, no one would have predicted that either. Uh, oh, at yeah, number true. Number four, Caroline Pliskova. At five, Venus Williams. At six, Alina Svitolina. At seven, Yelena Ostapenko. At eight, Caroline Garcia. At nine, Johanna Conta. And rounding out the top ten, Coco Vandeweghe. Yeah, a couple of awesome results there. But bloody, what about uh, Caroline Garcia and yeah. Coco Vandeweghe? What Those are they two. Doing? Well, Garcia stormed home. Like Mladenovic was in there for most of the year. Lost, mm. I think, her last thirteen matches. Mm. But Garcia won Wuhan, Beijing. And then got herself into the WTA finals. It yeah. was just a stunning effort from her, and Vanderway just was consistent and throughout the whole Especially after year. we were having a go at Garcia oh. earlier in the year, so oh. she needs to, you know, t- turn up a little bit. Yeah. And just quietly, I think uh, after all the stuff with Mazenovich, I think she would have enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. Finishing above her, so brilliant stuff from her. And uh, the Aussie top ten, right? Or the Aussies, or the top Aussies, anyway, Ryan. Yeah, we got it out there. Well, yeah, <laughs> what you got there? So our leading lady is. Uh, Ash Barty at number 17 in the world. Fist uh, pump from Val. Yeah. Predicted, predicted that inside the top 20. And she's, uh, I tell you what, she's a real threat on tour nowadays. Uh, next up is Dasha Gavrilova in at 25. Then Sam Stoza continuing the sort of the slow slide in the rankings down to 41. Uh, next is Rodianova at 120. Uh, then is Cabrera at 153. Uh, Ayava at 154, Rogowska at 165, and, Pris- and I was going to say Priscilla Hon. That's it is Priscilla Hon. Oh, it is too. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. it is Priscilla Hon. <laughs> 219. No, it is Priscilla Hon. Um, yeah, well, a couple there. I feel a bit sorry for Gavrilova. She finally gets the um, the number one ranking Australian off someone knocking on the door here. I'm not sure what's going on. It's uh, Are we getting a fan base? We we must be, yeah. We're trying to barricade the doors to stop letting all the fans in. We're trying to break down the wall. Doing very well. We're only one show back (laughs) in. (laughs) (laughs) Only one one show back in. We're doing pretty well. But uh, yeah, Gavrilova finally gets the number one spot off Stoza and loses it after like four weeks to Barty. And then Olivia Rogowska. Yeah. How? How? Good on her, but how? Didn't realize she was still around. Well, I think she was I've been the... impressed with Roddy and Over getting herself almost inside. Yeah, the I was going to say yeah, Roddy and Over nearly at, at the top one hundred. Like, get out of town. Oh, brilliant stuff from her after what happened at Wimbledon, getting through to the well, second round there, and the last Aussie with all singles. The, player. the calamity with the men's Australian and all the news they're producing. The the women have been underrated in how they've pushed themselves. We've got now yeah. seven seven or eight inside the top two hundred now. Yeah, we've got seven there, and and we've got Jamie Fawless to come up as yep. well. Um, and she is an absolute superstar. So we're going to be seeing a lot of her and she she was doing year 12 this year so that's why she um hasn't had as many matches and uh isn't inside the top 300 yet but look she she's a gun so we'll be seeing a lot more from her we'll go rises of the year and ryan your one well who could forget yeah simona halep uh i tell you what it's uh i didn't see this coming i gotta be honest with you guys um you know with, with the rotation that's been happening since uh serena williams uh, obviously, is you know had the baby. I did not expect Simona Halep to sort of be five the, world number ones this year. Yeah, exactly. I did not expect Halep to be holding that. But I tell you what, you know, 
she's uh, she's proven me wrong. You know, for, uh, forty-five and seventeen year to date. Um, look, only the one title, but uh, I tell you what, she's definitely the powerhouse name of. of I mean, let's put it like this: she deserves to be uh, sitting on top of the rankings. So good on her. Yeah, well, she was the most consistent this year, so thoroughly yeah. deserved. So brilliant stuff. Should have won the French Open. Unfortunately, she dropped it. Um, so we've got to bring her down a peg. But uh, <laughs> um, nobody's perfect, Joel. Uh, well, speaking of things I wasn't expecting, uh, Joanne Rostopenko oh. to win the French Open, and that really propelled her season, her career to a new level, um, and uh, she's climbed from 44 to 7, so well done to Never her. Never even won a title and won the French yeah, Open. Just incredible. Brilliant, brilliant stuff from her. And uh, Josh? Uh, well, uh, after what you called the greatest Grand Slam hangover of all time, uh, she's gone and won Wimbledon this year. Gabin Muguruza, who started the year at 7th, moved up to 2nd. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of talk about um, after the end of last year that the hangover that she had, that she was going to drop off the earth completely, but she's done the opposite of drop off the earth. She's won Wimbledon and she's mm. pushed herself up into the top two. Yep, destroyed Venus in the final there. Mine was, well, of course, Ash Barty up th- uh, from 325 to 17, 308 spots up the rankings, one title, but super consistent, two other finals throughout the year in Wuhan and in, uh, in what was the other one? Uh, Eastbourne, I'm pretty sure it was. And uh, sliders of the year, Ryan. Yeah, um, so my side is one of my girls, Angie Kerber, unfortunately, has uh, had a pretty severe slip after sort of surprising most of the tennis world, um, you know, beating Serena in the yeah. Aussie Open and, and obviously repeating in, uh, she won the French, didn't she? No, US last US, year, but three sorry. Grand Slam finals, including Wimbledon in 2016. Yeah, so. um, and mm. yeah, nowhere near, I mean, finished the year 29 and 24 year to date. I mean, that's not a top player. So she's regressed. Uh, whether or not she bounces back remains to be seen, guys. Yep, so she's down to 24 first and she mm. not good there joel yours uh csn carlos suarez oh. navarro a player that probably a lot of people have forgotten about and probably not a surprise um given the season she's had just a very kind of boring player really <laughs> yeah sorry she's to be a one-handed backhand <laughs> she's, she's not very fun to watch um I don't, tennis, wow. her tennis is just not not fun to watch it's not wow um but anyway she's fallen from 12th to 40th and i uh, can't really see her getting back in there anytime soon either <laughs> all right fair enough he's just whack. gone whack bang and uh josh uh, well, I wouldn't call it boring, uh, but Dominika Sabulkova uh, started the year at fifth and now down to 26th. Um, I, I spoke um, about how Burdich could have capitalized on people falling out of favor. Sabulkova should have done the same thing, Start ending the year uh, at five at 20 to 2016. Yeah. You would expect her to push inside maybe the top three, inside the top two with Halep and Muguruza, and she's done the exact opposite. Yeah, I think a couple of injuries derailed her, but yeah, definitely not the year that she wanted. So disappointing. Uh, mine was Agnieszka Radvanskat, three down to 28. So not good from her. No titles and went 25 and 18. So um, she ain't getting back into the top 10 anytime soon. I just don't think her game is capable of doing that um, as she's gotten a little bit older. So unfortunately for her, I think she's uh, she'll be thereabouts, but definitely nowhere near at the top of the rankings. But... That's it for the ranking segment of the day. It's been, it's been awesome getting to see what's happening this year, the trajectory and the players that have missed out. So many players that have drifted out of the top 10, top 50, top 100. Um, but we've still got plenty more to come on Breakpoint. Uh, we've got our best stories of 2017. Who to look for 2018? And of course, the trivia. So don't, so don't go away. You're listening to Breakpoint Podcast. Remember to tune in every week on Wooshka as we update you with the best tennis news in the world. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Breakpoint Pod, Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast, and Facebook Breakpoint or at Breakpoint One. Keep listening as we discuss the rest of the tennis news. 
This is Breakpoint. We've still got one more segment to go in 2017. It's been a brilliant year. There's been some amazing stories, and that's what we're going to look at right now. So we're going to talk about the best stories of 2017, and we'll start off with Ryan Tennyson, as we've been starting off with all day. Your best story of the year. Look, for me, it's uh, it's got to be Rafael Nadal. I think, I mean, look, I'm not going to speak on behalf of you, gentlemen, but for me, I was starting to put the cue in the rack oh, so uh, not too long ago with Nadal. But And also, you know, he's always a threat on clay. We know that. But for me, the great surprise and, and I guess the, the great thing to see was he was incredibly tough to beat on, on other surfaces as well, especially hard court. Um, I'm really, really, I was just stoked for him to be honest he's world number one i think we can all say he deserves that yeah. ranking and i'm telling you next year's not gonna be any different he yeah. will be a perennial threat at the big slam well you yeah. mentioned how you said how you're impressed with how he's played on other surfaces apart from clay i don't think i've seen someone dominate a surface more than he dominated in the french open no that was and that, that clay was scary that was yeah. unbelievable that was scary um look i he, he's gonna take some beating his injuries worry me yes um that's like he pulled out of paris and and pulled out of the um the world tour finals so look if he doesn't have that injury right i don't think he's going to go that deep in the australian open i think he might be an early casualty as we've seen him do before but look if he's fully fit he's he's easily making the quarters and semis yeah so make a run if he's fit brilliant stuff thank you ryan and uh, joel your best story of the year um, I couldn't help but enjoy watching um, Jana lucic Baroni at the Australian Open. Um, you talk How good about, was that? Yeah, I mean, you talk about uh, overcoming adversity. Well, that was a great example. Probably the best one that we've seen for, for a while, maybe since Joanna Dokic back in 20... 2009. 2009, yeah, 2010, around then. Um, yeah, I mean, she couldn't really sustain the run, I suppose, but I guess that was to be expected from a, a veteran like her. Let's face it, she's a veteran. Um, but it was good to see her have that, that kind of run um, yep. towards... Uh, towards the final, albeit didn't get there in the end, but nevertheless, it was a, a good story. And hopefully we see one um, similar in uh, 2018, albeit, you know, we don't want to see the, I guess, the first chapter like like what she experienced. But nevertheless, um, it's always good to see that kind of thing. Yep. Just ran out of puff at the Australian Open, unfortunately, but great story nonetheless. And Josh? Uh, well, I'm going to get a pattern on the term Raja because I think it should be quoted from <laughs> 2018 shot. onwards. And uh, in the same vein, I think we have to mention Roger Federer's unbelievable year. Oh. Uh, winning the Australian Open, he won Wimbledon. He made the quarterfinals of the US, and he was out, didn't play in the French Open, obviously. But how many titles did he win over the course Se- of the year? Seven titles. Seven First titles. time since 09, two slams, three masters, and the other two were 500 events. It's unbelievable. Oh, the, it's, and, like, what is he? He's 30, 36. 36. Yeah, 36 yeah. years old. He's He shouldn't be this good at this age. No, nah, it's, oh, it's phenomenal what he's done. And to miss two months of the year, including a Grand Slam and three Masters 1,000 tournaments, that's 5,000 points that he missed and Nadal got 4,000 of his points then yeah uh, the, if Nadal uh, I, I think uh, when Federer when Nadal was in the same tournament Federer only lost once but didn't lose to Nadal and that was at the US Open every tournament that Nadal and Federer were in yeah Federer almost won it so it's it was unbelievable yeah well and you, you said with uh, Rafael Nadal about putting the, the cue in the rack I think a lot of people were doing the same thing with Roger especially yep. with his age as well yep. and I'm um, proving everybody wrong Look, I think Australian Open will be tough for Roger. Yeah. Um, US Open, he seemed to struggle a little bit. But Every year is going to get tougher and yeah, tougher. Hotman for him. Cup, he'll play and uh, get that match practice. Uh, look, he deserves to be favourite for the Australian yeah. Open. I think he will be. I don't think it'll be Nadal with the dominance Federer had over him. So, look, it's 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 going to be really exciting next year, and oh, I can't wait for the AO to start. My best story: Well, the Williams sisters just continue to dominate. Serena won the Australian Open pregnant which I don't think anybody's ever done before, <laughs> um, shows how good she is. And Venus, finishing the year at number five. She didn't win a title, but 
made, I think, countless finals and big finals too. Wimbledon, Australian Open, and uh, also the World Tour Finals, which she mm. couldn't beat Wozniacki. I, in, but... I think it's a testament to their their story that um, yeah. Serena Williams didn't play for about eight of the months of the year, uh, and she was still probably the most talked about player on the tour on yeah, the other oh. side. Exactly, and look, uh, Luch- uh, sorry, uh, Venus with with her uh, health problems as well. I just thought it was a phenomenal and story. She's finished top five in the world as well. Yeah, like so that's who could ask for more brilliant stuff? Special. And with what happened to her, um, hitting hitting, uh, having yeah. the car accident and the exactly. guy dying, like just phenomenal stuff from her to put that behind her and and make make a charge to the top five. But who to look for in 2018? This is a really exciting one. We look at the younger players, and we, we've given some we've given some thought to some of these players before, and that, that they've gone badly. But look, let's hope we, we don't we don't jinx them. Um, so, Ryan, who was yours? So, for the men's side of uh, things, I've got Daniel uh, Medvedev, the yes. 21-year-old Russian. Look, 24 and 26 on the year, so he's not he's not breaking the bank just yet. But a lot of talent in this young man. And what I like most is his personality. He's, he's quite a bright, eccentric uh, young man. He's got a bit of that Russian blood that boils in his mm. veins. He can get a little bit up and about. But I tell you what, he's definitely going to be a, a fun player on tour. And I think he's, gonna big, he's, got, he's going to go on to big things in 2018. Yeah, Russian tennis looking very good with Medvedev, Khashinov, and uh, Rublev all playing some really good tennis. But uh, Joel, yours? Uh, Hyun Chung. Yep, we um, said him a couple of years yeah, ago. And, uh, yeah, mm. well, I was going to say he's a, he's a player that we've been speaking about for a while but has never quite made the breakthrough just yet, has won the next-gen finals in Milan. So maybe that's what uh, kick-starts it for him. Uh, mm. But now I just want to see him maintain it because um, we've seen him you know, do good things sporadically, but he hasn't really been able to keep it up consistently. So that's yep. what I want to see from him. Yeah, brilliant stuff in the next-gen finals, which was a great event. Uh, I think the ATP did a really good job there. It looked really good, and the shot clock, I think, was a great bonus to the tennis, but uh, yep, I'll, I'll bring agreed. that up a little bit after. And uh, Josh, yours? Well, I have a reputation on picking youngsters. In, uh, yeah, I saw you deleted this from our run sheet here, so I'm um, trying to keep it a secret. Did, did I delete it? I didn't even oh. mean to do that. Oh, but really? <laughs> um, you, you told me at the start of the year to pick out another youngster that I saw a lot of potential in, and I didn't yeah. even need to be questioned over the course of the day because I knew exactly who it was. He started the year at 6.14, and he's pushed himself up to 150th by the end of the year. Felix Ayul Aliasim. Yep. What? Auger Aliasim. Auger? Yeah. Auger. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. Aliasim. Oh, uh, he's a freak. The, the 17-year-old Frenchman. Yeah, he's four no, years. No, Canadian. Canadian. <laughs> Same thing. Um, French Canadian. French Canadian. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, he's four years younger than me, which is unbelievable. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm expecting 20, <laughs> 2018, uh, he's going to be pushing inside the top 100. Yeah, he'll be very and close. He, he's someone who I could honestly say becoming world number one. Yeah, and people talk about the man I'm about to talk about next. And um, they, they say that this kid is the best Canadian prospect that there is. And the guy that I'm about to bring up, Denis Shapovalov, is no slouch yeah. because the year that he had was phenomenal, um, especially the run to um, to the Montreal finals. What he did then to beat Nadal and then just continue on and continue on to push fourth round at the US Open or third round. He's just brilliant. He's got the game. He's got the flair. He's got the temperament which is the main thing. And look, he's young. He's going to have a couple of blips like he did at the start of the year, hitting the ball into the umpire's face in the Davis Cup, um, which I think we can all laugh about now. Yeah. But look, it, that wasn't a good moment. But look, he's gone away and he's improved. In, yeah, just and burst onto the tour. He's almost finished the year in the top 50. And he'll be, I, I'm guessing, uh, what have I got here? I reckon top 25 by the end of next year as a 19-year-old. So lock it in. Uh, women now. This is, this is interesting because there are a lot of improvers this year. And Ryan, who was your main one? 
So uh, my one to look out for is... Oh, Anna, look for, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anna Conju, 19-year-old, ranked 44 in the world already. So she's... People know her about her. She's been around for a long time too, yeah, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah. Only 22 and 18 on the year, but... There are signs that, you know, she is making steps, made the fourth round of Wimbledon. Those are the sort of stepping stones you need to make. Very rarely do you get an Ostapenko where you just come out and win a Grand Slam. Most of the time you've got to build your way up. And I think she's taken those first few steps to becoming a real star. Yeah, definitely agreed there. And uh, Joel? Um, CC Bell, I've seen a bit from her. Mm. Um, and she's mm. only 18, which is incredible. Um, still got still got so much to, to learn, I suppose. So much improving to do. Um yeah, but just another one of these American players that just seems to be um, popping up and always, always on the improve. It's it's incredible how much they've got going for them, and she oh. looks like she's got real talent. Um, and they've won the Fed Cup this year too. Yeah, so. yeah, and only getting better. Yeah, yeah exactly. Getting better. They're like the France, the men's France of the of the women's side of things, and coincidentally, they both won their respective nation events this year. And uh, yours, Josh? Oh, well, she hasn't made too much of a rise this year. She's still pretty young. She's only twenty years of age. Yeah. She's ranked twenty fourth in the world. Daria Kasakina. Yep, won yeah. her first title this year. Yeah. Yeah, made of Dasher as well. Yep. Yes, and she, I, I pre- predicting couldn't get that word out either. Predicting a big year for her next year. She's you're, you're struggling today. Oh, Ra- I don't Raja, know what it is. Uh, I don't know. No, what no, you Raja said wasn't an accident. That's I'm making no. money off okay. that. That's, right. a, that's patent pending. <laughs> Copyright. Um, mine was well, of course, Ash Barty. I'm predicting this top ten by May. By May, yeah, moment. doesn't have many points she to defend is. earlier on in the year apart from her title. By May, she'll be in the top. Where 10. does she uh, finish in the Australian Open? Uh, she wins th- it all. Four, goes all the way. I'm going fourth round. <laughs> fourth I think round, fourth okay. round. She she she'll be able to cope with the home with the home slam pressures. I think. Uh, now 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 now, the trivia. Here we go. I wish we had like a a bit of like a, a dramatic music dramatic music. Um, we can do the drum roll, but. Standings: Ryan eight, Josh six, Joel four. I'm still at points, I believe. That was mate. That was from a year and a half ago. You got <laughs> to let that. You got carries over, Val. It's been a controversial. You got to let that stuff go. There's been a whole series since then. We haven't gotten as many uh, questions in as we would have liked this year, but nonetheless, six points each for a correct answer. Four men reached the top ten for the first time this year. Who were they? The top ten. Yes. Well, Alexander Zverev. That's one. Jack so. Up. Yeah, that's two. Cardinal Booster. That's three. Okay, so whoever gets this pretty much wins. <laughs> so you've each you've each got one. So it's oh. uh, it's not Dimitrov. No, it's not. He'd been there before. It's someone completely outside the square. It's not, not really. Chillage. No. Oh, uh, this is exciting. Top ten. This is exciting. I don't want to give it First a hint because it'll give it away really quick. It's pretty much yeah, just whoever thinks of it. It pr- probably will. Yeah. Who Sam Query. No, I didn't ever make it. He that was get, a good guess. He didn't get there. Oh, uh, this is this is great. Oh man! And whoever wins this wins the title. This is it. Ryan's got a two point buffer, but if any of you guys get it, you win. So this is uh, this is this this high stakes. No pressure. Here. No, there there really isn't. He finished the year really strongly. Oh. So it's uh, oh, it's. You just got to just got <laughs> No, he didn't, he's been top ten, but not yeah. this year. He has been. So, it's... Uh, just don't say Lubicic, Joel. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes. So, uh, oh, this is... Top... T- oh, my God. Um, and when when you realise who it is, you'll be like... Well, it's not Dom Team. No. no. He, he finished was, he the year last year in the yeah, top yeah. ten. Yeah. So, you've ruled off a lot of them. Yeah. But it's... Oh, jeez. It's... Oh, I just want to blurt it out. You guys are just going to curse... Yeah, when you've yeah. missed it. Um, I can't believe how easy this is going to be. Yeah. Oh, when you think about oh. it. 
I don't think we've discussed him on the show today either. It's, it's uh, he's sort of slipped under the radar. He's we've said his under. name. He's flown under, has he? Mm. Yeah, this is this is fantastic. Oh. I'm enjoying this. Your uh, faces are absolutely I think, priceless. Well, we're all going to pack it in. Oh, I reckon we just no. Keep... Don't pack it in. I'll, I will give you a hint. I'll, I'll give you another few seconds. And if I reckon you... he's been up there. I'll take I'll take a guess. I reckon he's been in there, Rashad. No. Yeah, I thought no. so. Okay, so I'm going to give you a hint. This is going to be a speed round. Oh. Okay. He's Belgian. Oh, you're kidding me. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan wins it. Oh, Ryan. He's, never, him? he's never been inside a top 10 no, until this year. not before this year. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Cracked it this year. Oh. I can't believe you guys did not get that. Well, I just assumed he'd been in the top 10. No. I was close. The Belgians think they're French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Ryan, Ryan twenty, Josh fourteen, Joel ten. So uh, brilliant stuff. Actually, hang on, no, Josh twelve, not fourteen. I can't add. That's why I'm doing this and not maths. Um, maths. But quickly now, before we go, so Ryan, congratulations. Do you want to thank anybody? Yeah, myself. Okay, perfect. (laughs) All right, nice, short, sharp speech. We like it. Now, quickly, what are we looking forward to, or what are we looking forward to? Yeah, I shouldn't have said all there, but uh, Yeah. yeah, in 2018. So Joel, we'll start with you. Uh, I'm looking forward to winning the trivia next year. Okay, perfect. I meant as a tennis sense, not as a podcast sense, but all right. We'll, 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 uh, we'll, it's about tennis. Yeah, we'll take it. And Ryan? Uh, Novak's re- renaissance. He will charge back up and I reckon he'll win a Grand Slam next year. Awesome. And Josh? Nick Kyrgios dominating. Yeah, I disagree there. I, I yep. think he's going to get even worse. Um, mine, I've got two. Seeing how the injured players get back, so seeing how Serena comes back on the men's side, Vavrinka, Nishikori, uh, and Raonic, especially those three, and Djokovic, of course. Um, seeing how they come back and how the year will turn out, and also the new rules to the Grand Slams, so the shot clock being implemented. Rafa, Novak, Andy, watch out, because they are going to be strict with this. You take way longer than 25 seconds, so this is going to be absolutely brilliant at the Australian Open when we see it next year. And also, not a fan of the 16th seeds coming in uh, after no, next year. I hate not that. a fan of that. Uh, it will spice things up in the first rounds yeah. after that. But look, you could be Joe Wilfried Song outside seeding draw Federer in the first round. So that that could be a it's bit exciting annoying. for fans. Yeah, it is. And Federer likes it as well. But I'm not a massive fan. But yeah, it's going to be unbelievable when we see all those new rules implemented. But it's been a pleasure serving with you again in 2017. Guys, Ryan, the Prophet Tennyson, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure, Val. Fantastic to have you on the show. Joel Frucci, thank you again as always. Pleasure, boys. Happy New Year. See you soon. Yes, exactly. Merry Christmas as well. And uh, Josh Campbell, of course, looking at you every week. Your beautiful eyes. They're fantastic. Thanks, guys. It's been a pleasure. I'm really looking forward to 2018. Yep. I think we all are. This has been Breakpoint. Signing off in 2017. We hope everybody has a happy Christmas, happy new year as well. This is Val Febo. Have a lovely day, lovely year, and of course, a lovely week.